Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Corinthians chapter, uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 today. I want to welcome all of you that are watching. Listen, the Holy Ghost is going to hit you here in about two and a half minutes. Uh, if he hasn't already uh, tackled you yet. And so get ready. I want you to watch all the way through because God is going to use this message to do a powerful work in the kingdom of God today. And so I thank you for watching today. I want to welcome our international audience as well. Can y'all put your hands together for our international audience. Thank you for watching. We bless all of you. Can't wait for the travel restrictions uh, to, to, to be released so that I can get over there and see many of you. The Bishop of Kenya is already asking, please, Pastor, can you come? And I'm saying, hey, we, we, we'll be there when the travel restrict uh, when they when they loosen up. And amen. Praise God. Devil, get out this microphone in Jesus name. And uh, Praise the Lord. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, and then we're going to uh, go over to Ephesians chapter 2 after that. Verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved or are saved, it is the power of God. Everybody say, it is the power of God. Now, you got to say it like you're a Pentecostal preacher. Now, it is the, you got to put the emphasis on the put. It is the power of God. There you go. Amen. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise and where is the scribe and where is the disputer or the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God, and Christ is the wisdom of God. Wrapped up the fullness of God in Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen, somebody ought to be ready to shout now, because God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. So, sometimes if you're really on your high horse, and you're really saying, man, I've done good, just remember that God chose foolish people foolish God chose the weak of the God, God chose the weak to put to shame the strong watch this and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things of that are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things that which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But to him you are in Christ Jesus. That's where y'all shout amen. amen. Am I in the right church today? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm just trying to remember. I believe I came to the right place today. Um, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and the righteousness and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Yeah, amen. Let him glory in the Lord. Now I want to go over to Ephesians chapter 2. 
Now remember what I told you last week, my time don't start till my introduction is done. That's when you can start your time and I haven't started my introduction. We're just reading scripture. Ephesians chapter two, verse one. And, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our own flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Watch this. And were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And watch this. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show that the, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, everybody say by grace. For by grace you have been saved and through faith. And watch this. And, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And not of works lest anyone should boast. And this is verse 10. Then I'm done. For we are his workmanship. Look at your neighbor and say, don't judge me. Come on, tell him, don't judge me. He ain't finished yet. <laughs> hey, listen, don't, don't judge me. I'm, he's, God ain't done yet. We used to sing a song in VBS or the Sunday school talking about, he's still working on me. Amen. I don't remember the rest of it, but y'all might. Some of y'all that were saved, you know, in, yeah, anyway, uh, you might remember something. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm going to preach a message today called Imperfect People in the Hands of a Perfect God. Imperfect People in the Hands of a Perfect God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today for a mighty anointing. Lord, not that I should be glorified, not that I should be lifted up, but I pray for an anointing so that Jesus be lifted high. I pray for an anointing so the church will be edified. I pray for an anointing so that every yoke of bondage will break, every chain of hell will snap. I pray for an anointing so that every mindset that exalts itself above the knowledge of God has to be brought down, and so that the glory of Christ will be exalted in the church today. I pray, God, of God. Now, I want you to please uh, pay attention for the next few, uh, I want you to pay attention the whole time. And remember what I said, like, if you get up and go to the bathroom, the Holy Ghost is going to be in there and stall. Talking about, you know, what I was saying was, what I was trying to tell you is, uh, you know, and this right here, and we're not done. <laughs> but anyway, 
so pay, just, just pay attention for the introduction today so, and, and let me lay this out. I don't know if I'm going to get all the way through this, but I know. Matter of fact, uh, when I woke up this morning, um, when I went into the shower, I just, you know, the Lord began to speak to me on some things and I began to, I, one of the first things I try to do when I wake up is pray for all of y'all. And now I can't call out all y'all's names because I don't know all y'all's names, but I pray for the church. And, and, but God was speaking and I started praying for the church and, and it was like the Holy Ghost said, you know, I had something to say. I was saying something. And, and anyway, so I said, okay. And he said, he said, tell the people that this message today, it is vital for the body of Christ to run in 2021. It is vital for the body of Christ to run in 2021. He said, it's going to launch those who have an ear to hear into the supernatural in 2021. Give the Lord a praise for that right there. That's what I heard in my spirit. Now, if I was to go around this building right now and survey the people sitting here, front to back, side to side, uh, listen, if I was to survey the people here, I would, that's in this building and said, listen, why, why do you serve the Lord? Why do you love Jesus? You would hear, um, I'm telling you, you would hear so many different answers. And I'm not saying that any of them are wrong. I'm just saying you would hear a lot of different answers. Some answers might not be uh, 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 perfectly uh, biblical in, in the hermeneutics or theological homiletical setting. But anyway, it is what God had said to them and what God done in their lives. You would hear a lot of different answers. Uh, and if you were to dig a little deeper, you would also find that, uh, that, that many of the answers that, that, that you would hear throughout this large congregation today in this place, you, if you dug a little deeper into those things, you would find that, that those answers are wrapped in a, a certain way that God revealed himself to you. Now think about that. Just, I'm just setting it up for a minute. He, those answers of why people love God and why they serve the Lord are wrapped up in ways that he revealed himself to you. In ways that God showed up in your life in, in, in a certain ways that you know has, that you know that it was nobody else but God. Now, I want to know by show of hands, has God ever showed up in your life in such a way that you knew that you know that you know that you knew that it was God and nobody else? I want to get there for a minute right now because I'm talking about where God showed up in such a way and that, that if somebody else tried, tried to take the credit, you would sit there and say, sit yourself down and if you do it again, I'm going to knuckle up on you one good time because you can't get the glory for what God just did in my life because if it had not been for the Lord of oh my, I'm going to preach in just a moment. Uh, some would say, some might would say, uh, you know, I, I serve and love the Lord because, uh, because when I was sick, has anybody ever had a healing from God before? Because when I was sick, uh, he, he healed my body. Now, some of the religious people in here say, well, that ain't no reason to serve the Lord. But that's because you ain't never been on the cancer bed and your only hope was God. And when God walked in the room, you realized that he had heard your call. Some might say, uh, I love him and serve him because when I was suicidal. Now, just look up here, but that, because a lot of people aren't going to admit anything like that because they, they don't want to tell you that they've ever walked through a dark season and walked through a depressed season. And people don't want to tell you that they've had guns in their hands and they've had, they've had blades by their wrists before. People don't want to tell you that they've had pills in their hands ready to take their lives. And people don't want to tell you that. But, but when I was suicidal, when I was depressed and the dark cloud hung over my head, all of a sudden there was a light that showed up in the room. And then nobody know that I was going through what I was going through. But there was a light that showed up in the room. And that light broke the chains. And that light caused that suicidal spirit to come out. And that light shined in my life in such a way that I realized I didn't have to be having the dark cloud over my head anymore. I didn't have to take my life because God showed up in my life. You might say that ain't no reason to serve God, but that's because you haven't never walked with the dark cloud over your head. 
Those of you that have been through those seasons, you know what it's like. It didn't matter if you went to McDonald's. It didn't matter if you went through the football game. It didn't matter if you went to church. There was a dark cloud sitting over your head. You were constantly wondering, is this the day that I'm going to do it? Is this the day that I'm going to fall apart? Is this the day I'm going to lose my mind? Is this the day that I'm going to give up on life? But Jesus came through the light of the world. He came through and he said, not today, devil. You can't have them. They're mine. I'm just, we're just starting it. Some would say I serve him and love him because he revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh. The God who provides. Has God ever provided for you in such a way? <laughs> in, I love that. I get, I get all, because I've seen the Lord show up so many times through provision, I can't even count them. Has God ever shown up in such a way in your life and he provided and nobody else could come and do it? Nobody else even knew you had the need, but God showed up in your life. And you might say that ain't no reason to serve the Lord. That ain't no reason to love the Lord, but that's because you've never had a bunch of hungry mouths running around wondering what's for dinner. And you were, and you know, you were in the kitchen acting like you were cooking something, but you knew deep down inside there wasn't nothing in the cabinets. You knew there wasn't nothing in the cabinets and you hit your knees and you began to pray and all of a sudden there was a knock on the door and sister so-and-so showed up and said, it's a crazy thing, but I was in Ingalls today and God spoke to me to come and buy you some groceries. And all of a sudden you realize that there's a great big God that hears a little cry on the earth. He revealed himself to you. He revealed himself in such a way that nobody else could take the credit now I'm talking about imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. Stay with me. You see, these are moments when God reveals himself in such a way that you will never be the same again. I told people, ain't nobody got to make me tithe. You can't make me not tithe. <laughs> Try to stop me. I'm t I listen, amen. My wife said, you got to stop carrying a knife. I'll pull it on folks. I'm just kidding, but then I got a pistol. <laughs> I ain't pulling a pistol on nobody. I don't want to do that. You know, I'm talking about where God reveals himself in such a way, Pastor Antoine, that you knew it was him and it changed you forever. It, it, the, the, it's like he marked you. He marked you in such a way <laughs> that you can't even get away from it. Have you ever been marked by God in such a way that you can't even get away from it? You see, these are moments where God reveals himself and I said all that to say this, this is where I'm bringing you to. One of the things I love about God so much is, and one of the things that have changed me is that he's so perfect. Our human language, the word perfect is not really adequate enough, but that's what I have. He's so perfect. He's perfect in every way. He's perfect in his timing. There's been times where I thought God was late. You ain't got to raise your hand, but I'll raise mine. I thought God was late, but when I look back on it, I said, actually, he was right on time. He's perfect in all of his ways. Do you realize there ain't one way that God is not perfect in? He's perfect in his holiness. He's perfect in his righteousness. He's perfect in his love. But that's not quite all that has changed me. It isn't that God's so perfect. That's not everything about it, but one thing that radically shook me, I don't know about you, but it radically shook me is that how he is so perfect, yet he wants to live in someone so imperfect. How? Why? Why? If I was God, I wouldn't want to live in someone so imperfect. 
If I was perfect in everything I thought, everything that I did, every move I make, every action that I, I take, if I was so perfect, I wouldn't want to live in somebody so imperfect. But God looks down at us and he says, I don't really care about dwelling in a building. I don't really care about dwelling in a tent. I don't really care about dwelling in that. I want to dwell in my creation. I know your jars of clay with cracks all in them. I know you got some imperfections and I know I'm perfect, but that's where I want to live. How God is so perfect, but he wants to partner with people so imperfect to see his will done in the earth. How God is so perfect, but he'll take every imperfect life placed in his hands and do something miraculous in it and through it. That's what shook me. That's what stakes me, church. I don't stand up here in my strength. <laughs> oh, the apostle Paul said, I ain't coming to you. This is in chapter two of, the, of the first Corinthians that we just read. He said, I'm not coming to you with a bunch of wisdom of men, but I made it up. My, I made up my mind to know nothing but Christ and him crucified so that your, your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but your faith would be in the power of the living God. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. He said, I made up my mind that I would not do. I would not look at myself any higher than I ought to. And then one time he said, I'm the least of the apostles. And then another time he said, I'm the least of the saints. But when he really had seen Jesus, he said, I am the chief of all sinners. What happened? He began to see himself through the light of Jesus Christ. And he realized that what's good in me is Christ and him alone. Hallelujah. For the past three months, I've been preaching and teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And many of you have been baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's your place to give God three seconds of praise right now. If you say, Pastor, I've been going to church all my life and ain't nobody ever told me about the baptism in the Spirit with fire and speaking in tongues, don't go back. Leave. Jesus said, I have come. Uh, John spoke of Jesus. He said, this man right here, this one right here is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Many of you have been baptized with the Spirit. And many of you have learned over the past three months about the gifts of the Spirit and how they are for the day. There's been a hunger arising many of you for more. How many can feel that there's been a hunger that's come up in you somewhere for more of God? You no longer, you're no longer satisfied with surface Christianity, cotton candy preaching in 50 minute services with no opportunity to encounter God. You have awakened for more. There's a hunger deep down inside of you that's gnawing at you right now, saying, God, you have created me for more. You have cre created me to do more. You have created me to live more. You have created me, God, for more than what I have experienced. You've awakened me to more. You feel the brewing down on the inside of you saying, I want more. Now here I'm about to turn, I'm about to turn this thing for you. I'm preaching this today to expose the tactics and the schemes of the wicked one. You know, one of the devil's ways to cause you to lose your fire. One of the devil's ways to cause you to snuff that burning that's in you out, to suffocate the passion that is in you, watch this, is to get you to uh, focus on how imperfect you really are and how perfect God really is. And when you begin to focus on that, all of a sudden he says, see, he can't really use you. You're broken with no remedy. That's the reason I about hit Pastor Andy. I said, oh, oh, that was just the Holy Ghost saying, I'm confirming what's about to be preached to you. He didn't see my notes. He don't know my notes. He don't know what God has said to me this week. You see, when, when this focus becomes, uh, when, when we begin to focus on how imperfect we are, 
And when we begin to focus on uh, that God can't use us, watch this, this is damaging. And it's a mindset that says God can't use me or he never can do anything big through me, but the devil is a. I said the devil is a. I said the devil is a. Those of you who are born again, that you love God and you're serving the Lord, listen, we are imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. Hallelujah. And that is not for me to turn around and give me an excuse to go out and do what I want to do and sin how I want to sin and believe how I want to believe. That just tells me that if I, if I have sin, I have an advocate with the Father who is faithful and just that if I confess my sins, he will cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. I believe the Holy Spirit has me preaching this message today for three reasons. I told you we're not going to get through everything. Come back next Sunday, maybe. Well, we'll see. First, because if you look in the Bible who God used in powerful ways, you'll see a bunch of imperfect people. <sighs> they were imperfect people filled with a perfect God. Secondly, he's, he has me preaching this message today because there are people here that want to serve the Lord, but because all you can see were your imperfections, you backslid and started and stopped serving him. And lastly, there are people here that have wondered, I wonder what it's like to live for God. You've wondered in your minds, I wonder what it's like to be completely sold out for the Lord. You've wondered in your minds, I wonder why all these Christian people are so happy. But then you say, and you wondered, man, what if I gave my life to the Lord? But then the devil kept telling you, you've, you've went too far. You've done too much. You have messed up way too much. And, uh, and you keep counting it out. And God has, has, has me up here uh, preaching to you today that says, let me tell you something. You have not went too far. You have not messed up too much. You have not done too much wrong and you are not too far away that the hand of God cannot reach down and pull you back to the place that he has for you. I'm going to take about 15 more minutes. I want to get through this. I felt the Lord telling me on this point talking about imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God. I want to give you an example. I want to give you the example of the man named Jacob. Jacob. I don't know of anybody else ever that had the opportunity to wrestle with God. Now, you got to realize God allowed that to go and wrestle with God. When we talk about the man named Jacob, you can find it in, the, in your Bible in the book of Genesis. Jacob was a man that he had a brother named Esau. He had a, a father named Isaac. But Jacob, his name means deceiver, deceiver. And Jacob lived up to his name. Have you ever lived up to the name that people put on you? I'm not talking about your name that's on your birth certificate. I'm talking about what they said about you. Have you ever lived up to your name? And Jacob lived up to his name because when Esau came in, Esau had been tired from hunting and working all day. And Jacob had done, he'd done made up some, uh, my wife made me some potato soup the other day. Boy, that's some good stuff right there. He done made up some potato soup. <laughs> Had some bacon bits and cheese on top of it. Hey man, I'm just thinking about that thing right there, you know? And uh, anyway, so, so Esau comes in and Esau says, listen, man, I'm hungry. Let me have some of that soup. And Jacob said, no, nah, you ain't getting none of this soup, man. This is a special soup. He said, let me get some of that soup. He says, I tell you what, you give me your birthright and I'll give it to you. Well, Esau 
The Bible later tells us Esau despised his birthright. What that means is he did not count it as valuable. He, 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 he just thought he could be uh, careless with it. And Jacob says, okay, I'm going to get the birthright. The birthright of the first son, you get a bowl of soup. <laughs> that don't sound right, does it? But that's Jacob, man. And Jacob says, okay, I got this. He gives him the bowl of soup. He eats. Jacob doesn't forget about it. It comes time now for Isaac to bless Esau, the firstborn, to give him the blessing of the firstborn or the birthright. And Jacob's mom comes to him and says, listen, this is about to happen. But I watched what happened. Esau gave you that birthright. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go kill an animal. And you're going to go put the hair on your arms because Esau was real hairy and your daddy can't see. And so you're going to walk in and you're going to bring him a meal in this. That after he eats it, he's going to be blessed in his soul. And then he's going to put his hands on you and he's going to bless you and you're going to have the birthright. So Jacob goes and does this. And, and what happens? He gets the birthright. He gets the blessing. Esau comes in and is livid. He is ticked. He's ready to kill Jacob. And Jacob has to run. Listen carefully. Jacob has to run now for many years away from from his family because he deceived his brother and out of his birthright. But we know it was all God's plan because God said, Esau, I have hated, but Jacob, I have loved. And so we realize this was all God's plan, but we see that Jacob is constantly deceiving. But one day Jacob comes to, an, uh, comes to a situation that he cannot deceive himself out of. Esau's coming with 400 men. He's coming to take your head, Jacob. And Jacob turns around and puts his family and all his servants over there and he, he lines up all his blessings to try to pay Esau off, but he didn't realize that you can't pay Esau off. Jacob crosses the creek. Now watch this now. And Jacob wrestles with God. Jacob says, I'm going to wrestle with you and I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the Bible says that, that as he wrestled with that man, capital M, that, that when he said, I'm not going to let you go, he touched Jacob's hip and, and, and Jacob became crippled in his hip right there. And he said, well, I want the blessing. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change your name and I'm going to change your walk. I told you, we're getting right there with you. I'm going to change your name and I'm going to change your walk. And we know that Jacob's name went from deceiver to Israel. That means the father of many. And we know that his walk went from that that walked in the room with his chest stuck out and all proud and arrogant. And he walked in the room all humble because he knew that if God had not opened the door, he wouldn't even be in the room. This is the posture of humility that God blesses when people begin to take on this and Jacob comes out of that meeting with God limping be careful for those with those who don't have a spiritual limp <laughs> be careful with those that when you can't look in the spirit, they haven't been with God in a place and they spiritually limp a little bit. Because when I see a spiritual limp, I see somebody that has wrestled with God in such a way that they were broken and they were down without, without nothing, but God picked them up. He said, in due time, I'll raise you up. You see, what are you trying to say today? Jacob was an imperfect person, but because he put his life in the hands of a perfect God, he is now called in. Israel, and he is now the one carrying the blessing. Have you ever, and I'm, 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 I'm about done right here. Hey, have you ever, have, have you ever wrestled with God? When you wrestle with God, there's something that gets put on you that everybody says, I don't know what it is about that person, but it's different than all the other people. They have wrestled with God. 
They might have not got the answer they wanted but they wrestled with God. <laughs> it might not have turned out like they wanted, but, it, but they wrestled with God. It might not have been the outcome that they thought it would be, but they wrestled with God. And it might not have been what they all thought it should be, but when it came out on the other side, there was a mark from the Heavenly Father that was placed on their life, and they realized every step of every day, of every hour, of every minute, I remember Every time I take a step, I remember when I came and wrestled with God in that place. And he changed my name. Which means he changed my identity. He changed. Here we go now, I'm done. I'll try to preach the rest later, next week. He changed what they put on me. He changed what they said about me. He changed the stigma that I put on myself. And he changed who I thought I was. And he changed what I thought I could do. And he changed the future that I thought I had. And he changed it into the future that he wanted for my life. I wrestled with God and he changed some stuff in me. Because I was an imperfect person in the hands of a perfect God. Hallelujah. Man, have you, I'm going to share this testimony. My, my mom's not here today. Oh, she had to go. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Pops. I pre appreciate you, sir. But man, I watched my mom wrestle with God one time. We had become foster parents. They had given us a, a baby girl that f she was probably four to six months old and uh, out of a pretty bad situation. And they told, they told my mom, well, you're going to get to adopt this baby girl. So this baby girl lived with us uh, at least two years. But when it came down to it, couldn't adopt her and the parents wanted her back so you got to remember it's like from birth here and I remember my mom I don't I think I don't remember her eating anything for 40 days she might have I don't know she it but if it was a salad maybe once a week 40 days wrestling with God wrestling God, don't let them take my baby girl away. And I remember at the end of that time, they came and they took the girl away. She had wrestled. Didn't get the outcome that we wanted. But she wrestled with God. There was a mark on her life. What she didn't realize, I thought about the other day in prayer. Preparing this sermon, I said, man, she wrestled with God. And she might have not got the baby girl, but you want to know what she got? She got a whole family that is serving the Lord to this day. Not one of them is outside of the church. And many of them are in the ministry of the Lord. You might have not got the outcome, but you wrestled with God. And he put a mark on your life. And he did something so powerful that is changing generations. When you wrestle with God, my Lord. Most people would have said, man, you fasted and prayed 40 days. You didn't even get it. God ain't listening. And God said, don't you dare put that on me. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. 
see, when you wrestle with God, he changes your identity. And he changes your walk. I want to know how many limpers I have in the house. I've wrestled with him. Now I've wrestled with him over people. I've wrestled with him over money. I've wrestled with him over my call. Some people talk about my limp. They don't realize it's a mark of God. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Because I remember when I used to walk in the room with my chest stuck out. Proud and arrogant. God said, come wrestle with me, son. I want to mark you. So that for the rest of your life, you got to lean on me. You got to lean on me. I ain't hurting you. I ain't taking from you. I'm protecting you. You're imperfect, but I am perfect. For the rest of your days, you'll remember it. People who God's going to use in mighty ways, you'll see them. You'll know them, Pastor Antoine. Because they had to give up a church to come be a part of a ministry because God said. Because God said. That's okay. You got your limp. You got your mark, son. And I don't know everything God's going to do through this message. He just told me in the shower this morning. He said... This is going to cause the church to walk in the supernatural in 2021. Oh, they're going to limp. <laughs> You're going to limp a little. And people sometimes make fun of people who limp. <laughs> but I promise you, it's a mark of God. I promise you, Pastor Jason, it's a mark from God. Where you're walking and wanting to pastor your own church, seeing nothing but failure, and God says, go be an associate and help that man of God. I see your limp, Pastor. I see your limp. What about you? What about you? Do you have a spiritual limp? Imperfect people in the hands of a perfect God, man. I got to lean on him, Molly. I have to lean on him or I'll fall from his mark. Come on, let's stand together. Those of you watching today, I don't want anyone going anywhere. I'm about to dismiss you, but those of you watching today, what about you? I know the devil's told you. <laughs> you messed up too much, man. You've done too much of this. But just remember that God takes the foolishness to confound or bring low the wisdom of the world. So what the enemy's trying to discredit you with, God is actually qualified you with. What you thought unqualified you, 
has actually qualified you with the Lord. I thank you for watching. I want you to continue watching for a few minutes. We're going to keep the broadcast going and then they're going to cut it in a little while. But they're at home. Just lift your hands at home. Lift your hands in here. And for the next minute, just speak with God. God, thank you. I, I don't know if it's just me, Lord, or if anybody else feels it, but I sense your anointing. I sense the Father's heart in this house right now. Ministering to dear people. People that are messed up. People that are broken, God. People that look around and see nothing but imperfection. And all you ask today, will you put your imperfect life in my perfect hands? Father, speak to them now. In the name of Jesus, speak to them now, God. And let them see your heart, God. Let them see your heart, your character, your ability, your power, God. In the name of Jesus. Now with your heads bowed all over this place. I told you this was the thing that shook me about God. I don't, still don't get it. Maybe I'll, maybe he can reveal it to me when I get to heaven. I don't know. I don't get it, man. Stay where you are. Yeah, right there. I don't get it. But I know it to be true. <laughs> perfect God. Wanting to live in an imperfect person. So with your heads bowed today, you say, Pastor, you know, that I don't know. It's like you've been living with me for the past three months. <laughs> it's like you told my story. It's like you exposed the demons I've been fighting, man. I don't get it. Can I tell you, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the perfect God <laughs> here ministering to imperfect people here. That's what he's doing. Pastor, today I've got some sin in my life. But I've been listening and you're saying that this perfect God is without sin. You're saying that he wants to come and live in me. Yes. He did it through the cross of, of Christ, his son. And you're looking at all the reasons why you can't serve him, but can I tell you the reason why you can? It's called the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why. That's why. Pastor, I need to commit or I need to recommit my life to Christ. I'm talking to those of you at home too. Right now I'm talking to you. <laughs> I need to commit or recommit my life to Jesus today. And I, I want to make a fresh start. And I want to make this thing right. And from this day forward, I want to live for God. I don't care if they see my limp. When they see my limp, they'll know I've been with Jesus. They'll know I've been with Jesus. They looked at them disciples and they said, they, they, just, they said, these are untrained men. And they, and they looked at their boat and they say, I know they've been with Jesus. How? They will walk in there with a lamp in them. Pastor, would you pray for me today? Please, I, I want to get some sin out of the way. When I count to three, you lift your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand right now. Lift your hand in this place. Ma'am, I see you way back there. I see you. Thank you so much. Lift your hand. And I see you over here, ma'am. Just keep your hand lifted. I see you back there, sir. I see you over there, ma'am. I see you, sir, right there. Just keep your hands lifted right now. I see you down here, ma'am. Just I see you there, ma'am. Uh, come on, just keep your hands lifted. I just got to get some stuff out of the way. You can put your hands down. Pastor, I'm... I'm right with God and 
that man, the devil, has beat me up in such a way. He's beat me up over my past. He's even beat me up over my present. And I have pretty much just said, God, there ain't no way you can use me. Pastor, would you pray for me today? I, I, I'm struggling with God using me because of what I've done and because of the challenges I have right now. Would you please pray for me right now? You lift your hands if that's you right now. There's hands going up all over this place. Just lift your hands. I'm struggling, Pastor. Now, I want everyone in this place right now, whether you raised your hand on the first time, you raised your hand on the second time, now here's the third time. Pastor, I feel the call of God on me. But all I can see is my imperfections. Pastor, I need God to blow on that call. I need God to breathe on my call. I need God to breathe on my life and make it new. And cause, and, and Pastor, I, I need God to help me to step in to the understanding that though I'm imperfect, He's perfect. If that's you, you lift your hand right now. In Jesus' name, there's hands going up all over this place. I know. Anybody that ever does anything big for God has to fight this devil. You have to. Now, whether you lifted your hand on the first one or the second one or the third one, I just want you to get out of your seat and come and stand down here at this altar. Come on right now. Everybody just quiet just for a moment. Just come on. The Father waits for you. Father waits. Those of you that are watching and you need prayer for anything, if you'll just put on the on the chat line, please pray for me. There are people right now waiting to pray for you. There are people waiting to pray for you right now. And we appreciate you watching today. We love you and we bless you. Listen, we believe, we believe in you. And we believe God can do big things through you. Make sure you reach out to us. Thank you for watching today. In Jesus' name. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.